Hello, hello, and welcome to Baki Taki, Season 4, Episode 2, Completely Surrounded. I forgot last week that I'm supposed to say the name of the episode, but I'm back to doing it. And speaking of back, we've got Matt returning for his second episode. Woo, woo, woo! And boy, am I excited! Woohoo! Oh man, we're so excited, I'm going to move the volume down. <laughs> That's mostly me, though. Um, so Matt... Uh, when I have a guest on the second time, I have a question that I've been workshopping with people. I'm trying to cast the Baki cinematic universe, of course. Now, uh, I stopped doing this because I ran out of characters, but of course, who's going to play Pickle in the live-action Baki movie? Oh my goodness, such a good question. <laughs> um, that's an impossible question, uh, based on what we're going to try to explain today. Well, where are you going to find someone six foot six? Yeah, that's, like, right? I mean, he's a towering human, as they describe. Um, yeah. Okay, who can play Pickle? Who can actually play Pickle? I think if Jason Momoa had mm. Dwayne The Rock Johnson stacked on top of each other in a trench coat, that would be Pickle. You know what? Jason Momoa, he's got the hair, he's got the physique, <laughs> but like as if like you shrunk him down 80%, like 20%. But that's not bad. He, yeah. Yeah. It's it's tough to get the, the, the muscularness that Pickle has with the sweet hair that he has as well. Yeah, I, that's actually, yeah. So you're right. I, I nailed the first time it was Jason Momoa. That's exactly what I meant to say. So no, yeah. I, I like stapling the, the rock to him as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Matt, you've watched Baki. I think you were up to date before this season. So you're really just missing one episode. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Now, you know, it's funny how much you can miss in one episode. Like, we did just introduce a caveman <laughs> who was brought back to life. Well, you know, we're only one episode in. What do you think of the theme song? <laughs> Uh, yeah, the theme song is different. I really miss Everybody's Fighting Now. That was, like, one of my absolute favorites. But this one's pretty good. It starts with, like, some, uh, like, choir kind of eerie singing, which is kind of cool. Ooh, and then it goes, like, classic Baki hardcore metal screaming. But, you know, it does get you amped for the episode, and this episode does start at an 11. So the theme song gets you kind of to the mentality where you need to be. Yeah, so let's let's get the elephant out of the room. Um, this is this episode has some of the highest highs and lowest lows of the season. Um, and it starts low and it goes high, just like just like every horrible roller coaster. Um, <laughs> To start, Pickle, as we learned last episode, Pickle was being taken to Japan um, because that's where he could find people like him. <laughs> um, I, know. I and, didn't know that's why they were taking him. Oh, it's it's my favorite line. Is of he season. Japanese? No, Is that like... I think I think they're just implying that a bunch of freaks of nature live in Japan. <laughs> so. This is where we get probably... Oh, so I, I was complaining last episode about how Pickle isn't six foot six, And my big argument was that when we see him next to Jack later in the season, who we know is taller than six foot six, it's clear that um, Pickle is not 6'6". Six, six. Um, however, there is a much stronger argument in this episode where we see him he, not even shoulders above the... the, the he, he is being paraded by a bunch of soldiers through an airport... Um, and the soldiers probably come up to his nipple. Um, and unless all of these soldiers are like five feet tall, Pickle is not six foot six. What would you guess? 
I mean, like, you're right. He's so much taller. At least he's illustrated so much taller than everyone else. I thought they were going to say something crazy like eight foot. Because, you know, he's like a caveman. But I believe it. And it's it's not... He has horrible caveman posture. Like, if he ever stood up straight, he'd be ginormous. Well, you were warned he was large, but in fact, he's enormous. At least six and a half feet tall and wearing quite an imposing glare. Yeah, we'll we'll get back to that at the end of the episode. <laughs> Not to spoil early. How impressive it is. That guy just stood up. <laughs> um, so unfortunately, so as he's walking through the airport, uh, the news is watching this. Um, a good sign and a, a good predictor in Baki is if the news is covering it, it's going to go badly. Last season we saw uh, the news covering... Bush doing JFK's um, tour through Dallas only to get kidnapped by Baki. Uh, this time the news is covering Pickle coming to Japan um, and a news reporter comes up and I'm not going to make you describe it. That'd be horrible. <laughs> I really appreciate that. I really, I was nervous how I was going to talk about it, but thank you. So, I appreciate that. So basically um, Pickle sees this beautiful reporter who comes up to ask a question. Yes, I'll go over to him now. Excuse me, just one question. And in front of all of his soldiers and all of these people, he um, assaults the the reporter. Um, Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, he... Uh, I don't want to use the R word on my podcast, but that that's what it is in, in broad daylight. Um, now, I, I, I want to get across what the author was trying to do here, because I do think that there was a point behind this. I think the, the and I know there's a point because they spend the next two minutes spelling it out. <laughs> um, the point here is that they're showing that Pickle comes from another time. and But not only that, that he is so powerful that there is no way that we can enforce our morals our civilization and our society onto him um this is the equivalent of um you know the a, a gangster in new york walking out and shooting somebody in the middle of the street um there uh, there's there's nothing there's no rec- rec- recourse that our society has to um a caveman uh i guess he he takes a nap afterwards as well um, what, did you want to add anything on this part? Um, there's not much to add, as uh, as you said. It's kind of jarring. I I sat there like like Macaulay Culkin, not believing <laughs> that Baki was going this far because I didn't think they'd do that, but they do. But my, I, I will add, um, that scene is bad. It's really bad and it leaves you uncomfortable. But the yeah. scene immediately after makes it so much worse because it's a hard cut after like. The narrator's like, no one could believe what they saw on live television. First of all, why didn't they cut the cameras? Apparently they didn't. I don't know why. Yeah, that guy was yelling for them. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. They never cut the cameras, which is horrible, but... Just think, that cameraman works with that reporter. And they, <laughs> and they oh, never cut God. it. I know. And everyone just wants... Like, yeah, that is... So many issues. Everyone failed. In, in, in that scene, I had two, two, two like, shock laughs um, where I was just so overwhelmed. The first was when the cameraman went, oh, shit, which was <laughs> what I was thinking. Um, not Sorry, it wasn't the cameraman. It was the news reporter. Was, he anchor. does say, oh, shit. I forgot. He was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. And then the second one was when you said, uh, when the scene ends, he went, is that Albert Einstein? <laughs> because Albert Einstein had come in to justify uh, Pickle's rape to us. It's true. Then, like, an Albert, his name is yeah. Albert Payne, you told me. 
I, yeah, it's Albert. It's clearly Albert Einstein, and his name is Albert, but it's Albert Payne, um, which makes sense because he's a biologist in this. But and I just watched Oppenheimer, so Albert was like this cute, lovable guy who's like really yep. smart and quirky, and then we get this Albert Einstein trying to justify this horrendous scene. He's like. You wouldn't judge a dinosaur for eating its food, would you? And now, as for the unfortunate incident at Haneda Airport, I feel nothing but regret for the female reporter who he victimized. But you have to understand, this man has come from 200 million years ago. And it's so, like, well... So the one thing that I do like about this, and that I hope is intentional, is that I hate Baki's Albert Einstein. <laughs> he is the fucking worst, and I... Th and. I don't think that him coming in here is so much supposed to tell the audience that what Pickle did is okay. I think that this is a, a view. It's almost like if Pickle is the villain, we can't hear his perspective because all he does is fucking bear noises that he has. Yeah. So Albert Einstein is his mouthpiece that communicates his view. And the rules we have for society. All our values and morals don't mean a thing to him. He is the antagonist, and so... You know, by the end of the season, I hate Albert Einstein um, as much as you know I dislike Pickle. So, I'm, I, I, I hope that it's an intentional thing because I, you know, I, I came across from this thinking, man, get out of here, Albert. I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it, it really makes me dislike Albert Einstein. But I think that's a good point. Like, we're not supposed to like him, mm -hmm. and just as much as we're really not supposed to like Pickle, they do not paint pickle in any sort of redeeming light which is which is impressive because you should like up until this moment you should like pickle he is a fish out of water he's beautiful he's got this luscious hair. i know he's like they made him sexy yeah and and like he's just like you know you're supposed to cheer for the the dumb isekai out of water character <laughs> um so, but he's the villain of this. He's not the villain. He's the antagonist of the season. So that th this does help set the stage, I guess. I, I think there's better ways you could do this. And I, I, I was saying this before, but this is the type of thing that I think fits the show that Baki thinks it is, but not the way that it really is. It's not serious enough to have this. Uh, and I, I think they could have done this in a better way. Um, but I did want to transition because Albert Einstein also talked about you know. Um, the history of the earth and the asteroid um nice. you you talked about how you wanted to come at this from an anthropologist perspective um yes i spent uh forty thousand dollars my parents spent forty thousand dollars on my degree so i at least need to bring up this in some regard yeah just because he like they talk about him fighting a t-rex mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which would first of all would never happen why is that? Did they cover that in your course? Uh, yes, and we did not exist <laughs> when T-Rexes existed, but let's suspend our disbelief. Let's push yep. as far back as to we can. To the Jurassic, yeah. Yeah, let's go Homo erectus. You know, number one guy, everyone loves Homo erectus, most notable. Uh, 1.2 million years ago. Long time, right? Mm -hmm. They are small monkeys. <laughs> we grew up. This guy is towering over the U.S. military by three feet. And they're just saying, yeah, he's some sort of primitive being. Like, and he looks exactly like everyone else. They even put him in blade clothes. They put him in a duster. Yo, he was balling. He looked really good. Yeah. But, like, he would be barely walking. He would have a different bone structure. He would... 
Like, the bear noises kind of make sense, but other than that... See, the thing is, you come into this with, like, an agreeable, like, I want to talk about this from anthropology. But the problem is the author came into it from a fuck you to the anthropologist. <laughs> like, this is basically throwing all your shit out of the water. Like, 1.2 million years ago, Pickle's 200 million years... I think yeah. he's 190 million years old. He lived in the Jurassic. They explained it last time by saying... Um, we thought they were only 7 million, which I also think is wrong. Yeah. Um, but it's actually 200 million. Um, and they were actually super jacked. Uh, <laughs> and they fought every dinosaur. I don't even think all those dinosaurs lived at the same time, but um, Pickle did. And uh, yeah. And also, he has this luscious head of hair and hair nowhere else, which I can tell you was never the case before like 100,000 years ago, 200,000 years ago. Me and Andrew were joking in the previous episode that Pickle's punches would burn the hair off of his flesh. <laughs> Just the power behind them. Fair um, enough. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so moving out of the um, the the bummer portion of the episode, um, we get to the the one of the best. This is what I mean. Like it, it's it's an, a really unfortunate start to what is one of the best sequences I think in the entire show, um, where Pickle is on a military base and people are protesting. We see a great sign that says, uh, "Punish the pickle." The, Pickle the punishment, the... Yeah, people want to punish the pickle. Something like that. The people want to punish the pickle. It's like this weird alliteration that's like weirdly sexually charged for what had just happened. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and so we see two people coming onto the military base. We've got Yujiro and Retsu. Who do you, which one do you want to cover? I'll do the other one. Um... <sighs> Can I can I do Retsu? Because there's a special place in my heart for what he decides is stealthy. All right. Well, I'll start with Yujiro. Um, Yujiro comes up and he says, he's basically the big bad wolf. <laughs> he's just like, let me in. Um, and the three guards are like, uh... And then Yujiro's like, oh, you want a tango? Stand back, people, because these three guys are about to rock and roll. And the three guards start, two of them decide to punch each other very brutally. And the other guy just starts whacking himself in the face. I thought, these guys are idiots. But it turns out <laughs> that was the correct choice. And any other move, Yujiro would have murdered them all. You three men made the correct decision. Even if one of you had run away instead of standing and fighting, I would have slaughtered all three of you right then and there. And if you had tried to attack me, your fate would have been the same. Instead, as a last resort, you all began to fight against each other. That was best. That was the right thing to do. So this is a good thing if you're ever like, if you're, ever, you know, the thing where it's like, you know, black bear, run away, brown bear, like all that <laughs> shit. Another alternative to those is start punching yourself. Or if you're with a friend, start punching them. And uh, to be honest, it might work. Um, it worked. It worked for the guys. I guess Yujiro literally, yeah, like you said, was like, "You made the right choice. I forgive you." <laughs> I forgave them for for what? Doing their job. I, they were guarding the base very yeah. poorly. Yeah, and then he does that sweet karate chop to get the lock, which I said at the time was the one of the least impressive things Yujiro Hanma has done because it looked like a bolt lock like you put on like a, a garden door like a garden gate it'd be like watching Superman like fold a cardboard box a few times 
Like, at a certain point, you're like, oh, I couldn't do that, but I probably could if I, like, really yeah. tried a bit. You're like, well, okay, I've seen you do crazier, <laughs> Superman. Yeah. But let me hear about uh, our good friend, what is it, Retsu. Retsu takes a very different approach from Yujiro. He, I guess he's not as strong. He goes the stealthy approach. So he sneaks in. He scales the fence in a single leap, first of all, which is amazing because it's like a 12-foot fence. But that's, you know, par, that's par for the course for Baki. Kind of Retsu. Exactly, right? So then Retsu's kind of hiding out and a guard's coming his way. So um, he decides to make a distraction and he taps on the uh, car that he's hiding behind. Now, typically, you would run away while the guard is distracted. <laughs> However, Retsu takes a very different approach, an approach I took with my prom date in 12th grade. <laughs> Uh, when you uh, s- put both hands on their hips and you mimic every move they make to where you're their shadow. Um, and the guard doesn't notice. The guard is relieved. He doesn't see anyone there. Yep. But um, Retsu has his hands on this guard's hips and the guard starts walking away and Retsu, like two teenagers grinding at the eighth grade dance, is like... <laughs> following every move right behind this guy and to the point where he meets another guard and Retsu is still behind him and the guard says nothing. The guard doesn't even acknowledge that Retsu's behind him and he doesn't see him. That's my favorite scene because in the first shot, it's very clear that Retsu is taller than the guy, which doesn't matter when you're behind them. But then when he meets the other guy, they have to really angle the camera to like not acknowledge that Retsu should be clearly taller than the other guy. And, like, Retsu um, is absorbing so much light that he just doesn't... He, he It's it's so good. Well, he's wearing that black sweater, so he's invisible, I guess. Yeah. Because eventually, a spotlight hits them, and the guard sees in his shadow that... Just Retsu's... Uh, ponytail? I, rat I, tail? See, I called it a ponytail, but I feel like that's a fence. <laughs> oh, that could be. And rat tail's probably not. Well, he sees his hair. Yes. He sees yeah. his hair, and then Retsu instantly just incapacitates the guard. But, like, the spotlight then immediately goes away. So, like, there's no repercussion, and yeah. Retsu just sneaks on in anyway. Yeah. It's, it, it's so good. And Retsu the whole time has such a, like, determination to him. <laughs> I... As long as I match the pace of my breathing to his, this soldier won't notice me. The real problem is going to be harder. I have to figure out where, on this large military base, they're hiding the primitive man. Retsu, Retsu's my favorite character in that I think he'd be the most fun person to know in real life. He seems very um, thoughtful, very determined. Despite what I just described, he is seemingly the most normal except you did remind me he has a very odd line when he first sneaks into the base he says i feel like i'm sneaking into a woman's bedroom which is like well <laughs> there's a few things there there's there a lot open to interpretation there and then and then like, he grabs like the guard Bucky by the hips <laughs> that's like his very next move after saying that yeah who knows who knows what's going on with the uh, with Kaoretsu when he's off screen <laughs> So, Retsu makes it to the compound first, which is weird because Yujiro presumably just walked in a straight line and Retsu's shadow hiding behind multiple people. But Retsu's able to crawl through the ceiling and he shows up and it turns out 
that Kosho Shinogi made it there first. Now, Kosho is one of those people who it's like, um, for the casual listeners of this podcast, you've already forgotten him. Matt, did you did you know Kosho Shinogi? I did not know who that... I thought it was the doctor guy who is also that a is, master. I, oh, I always forget how to pronounce his name. I think that's Kiraha Shinogi. Um, so Kosho Shinogi uh, showed up in the first season of Baki. Uh, he... Or it might have been the beginning of, the beginning of the second season. Um, he fought Doyle in his hotel room, um, and he tried to, you know, beat Doyle. But then Doyle had a bomb on his chest that exploded, and that was um, the uh, how did how did that end? What was the impact of that? Oh, the impact of that was that then Kira Hashinogi hired Jack Hanma to walk up, who then. Um, put a syringe in Retsu's bag and then wandered the more I say this none of this mattered anyway <laughs> Kosho Shinogi's back uh, watch re-download episode 16 <laughs> Baki Taki learn more about Kosho Shinogi when, even describing this do you remember Kosho Shinogi like the one of the most unmentionable characters uh, from this entire encounter because as we're soon to discover there's quite a few of them there there's quite a few of them there. Oh my god. Okay, so we're gonna go through it. So this is, this is, I believe, one of, you know, Baki, I find it funny, and I think a lot of the charm is that it's not usually intentionally humorous, but it's very, it's very absurd. This, I believe, is intentionally humorous. This is a joke. Um, Retsu came in through the ceiling and found Kosho Shinogo there. Let's just go back and forth. Who's next? Oh man, my favorite, I think. And the first reveal. Um, I'm not sure his name. He has the eye patch. Dopo Orochi. Dopo Orochi. He So, okay. Let me set the scene actually. Yes. So, in uh Pickle is in a cage in this US military base. And in this cage, um there is a singular tree. Yep. With a tire. With a tire swing. <laughs> there is a bed. There is a koi pond. And there is a plastic dinosaur. And a magazine rack. And a magazine. I forgot about the magazine rack. Um, Most important that they added a magazine rack there. Um, So those are all the things in his room. And he has like a sealed, it's like, uh, it's like the magneto chamber. It's like all glass, like no metal. The amount of times on this podcast I've described things as the magneto chamber. (laughs) I'm so glad that you've also done this. Well, there's no other way. No, it's great. To describe, like, it's it's just accurate. And... Okay, so first emerging is Dopo Orochi from the plastic dinosaur. It starts to shake, and then his fist comes out of one of the dinosaur hands, and he's just standing there in dinosaur pants, basically, because the rest of the dinosaur has fallen off of him. That won't happen. Because I was here first, Retsu. Got a problem with that? Hate to break it to you, Shinogi, but you weren't the first one to get here. And then he goes, oh, and you're here too? Great job. He does have the coolest voice. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So Dobo shows up, which is, I do believe, top two. I'm torn between my favorite, which is Jack Hanma, who is in the koi pond. He just comes up with big cheeks, implying that he was holding his breath the entire time. Also, you pointed this out. I didn't even think about this. This koi pond, you know, in a manga, you you draw it as blue, but it's transparent. There's no way this uh, this 
I was going to say 11 foot tall man, but it's not that far off. There's no way Jack Hardwood was not visible in the water. Um, it's like a four by four koi pond. This is a small cage this thing is in. Yeah. And he's, he's like a seven foot man, right? No, they describe him as like a huge man. He's at least 6'11". Oh, he's, he's ginormous. Who, who's, who's next? Okay. Um, one of the most uninspired reveals is... Um, I forget his name as well. You're going to have Goki to help me Shibukawa. out. Shibukawa. Exa- you know yeah. exactly what I'm talking about. Comes out from under the bed. Shibukawa. Just out from under the bed like the boogeyman. <laughs> like, first of all, they, they mentioned in a previous scene how monitored the... Um, the room is. Yeah. And this guy's just under the bed. Yeah. At least the other two, you had to suspend disbelief, but, like, they could potentially be hiding under a bed. He, it, and then he's just like, oh, and I'm here, too. I am I was here first. We were discussing this. Like, what is, what, what, what's funnier? Like, the idea that Dopa was in the dinosaur and just saw Goki climb under the bed... Or that Goku was in the bed and saw, like, like Jack swim underwater. Like, there's so many stupid scenarios there. It's just, like, was he under the bed and then, like, they brought it in and then he, like, let go and was just, like, lying on the ground then? I don't. The fun thing is for a lot of these fighters also, this is all they do this season. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of them, but a good chunk. Um, Katsumi comes next. He kicks through the door like the Kool-Aid man. And he just goes like, "What's up? I'm here too." Um, and then Kayo, Kayo Jaku, Jaku, yes, the teacher who wants to teach Japanese martial arts in China, the uh, promising young youth, just comes in an air vent. Hey, wait a minute here. Did you guys really plan a party and forget to invite me to it? You're here too, Jaku. Retsu, been a while. It's getting embarrassing, if you ask me. Bunch of badasses, dressed up like ninjas and sneaking around, all for some caveman. Surprised to see you here, Jaku. <laughs> I wouldn't miss this for the world. You should know that, Orochi. Social education is an important aspect of martial arts. So they can live life properly, it's vital that we teach that to all promising youth. To who? Huh? Did you just call Pickle a promising youth? Like, the most, uh, like, is just, like, dangling from the ceiling, like... Yep. Yeah. Now, Kaiojaku, I had to comment on this because I find this so funny in retrospect. Kaiojaku's entire martial arts style is like trying to shake people's hands and getting in their met. Like, he's a mental fighter. He tries to throw you off mentally. The idea of him fighting Pickle is so funny to me. Pickle would rip him in half. Pickle would eat this man. That is so true. And they even say, like, Pickle is just, like, a beast. Like, they're just describing him as, like, you would describe a dinosaur. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. I think that's it. Uh, there's two more people. We'll, we'll get to one of them now. Uh, Yujiro does eventually show You're up. You're right. Sorry. Yes. Um, and so then they, they all start talking. Yujiro, there's some great lines in this. Yujiro says, it looks like the winners of the ugly convention have <laughs> showed up. He's on his Regina George, he's on his Regina George level in this. He walks in that room, he just starts insulting every. he just starts going after one guy's dad. Yeah. He's like, you're a loser and you just are here to impress your dad because you're such a loser. That was my favorite part. He said, nobody likes you, Kitsumi. I don't, your dad doesn't. And his dad's response is just a shocked face. And it's like, <laughs> I didn't think you'd tell him. Like, it's so good. He doesn't reassure him at all. Yeah. So they're all there. Um, 
Pickle is, of course, uh, in the cage. And it turns out he slept through all this. Um, Jack is able to wake him up by kicking the tree. And Pickle, uh, well, what does he do? Pickle steps out and is instantly two feet taller than everyone else. Like, instantly. They, turned out they, turned out they were all four six. <laughs> yeah, clearly we're living in the Tom Cruise universe and everyone <laughs> is just five foot so being six this, six this, is a monster this is the baki cinematic universe where everybody <laughs> fan cast tom cruise as every other role <laughs> but basically pickle gets out and he's just like uninterested in everyone because yeah. they're not a threat except yujiro yeah. and well no 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 you you missed the best part where pickle walks out and takes oh. a piss um <laughs> Damn it. This season has a lot of urination. Uh, and so Pickle pees just because he woke up, not as an intimidation thing, but it's, you know. I think up until now, Speck has had the most impressive, uh, uh, I'll be crude and say piss. Um, yeah. But uh, Pickle is like, if, if Speck was a garden hose, Pickle is like one of those hydro wash, like those like hydraulic washers, you a power wash. Yeah. A pressure washer. Like, yeah. he literally is a pressure washer. And the best part is, he's peeing on everyone. No one's flinching. Yeah. Everyone's like, whoa. I think Dobo said something like, damn. <laughs> Jealous damn. of whatever is happening right there. But you're right. I forgot about the pee. And he pees all over the wall. And yeah. it splashes back and hits everybody. And it's like this pressure washer thing. Why do you even do that? Like, there's no way in the fucking... There's no way in his time he just peed on walls. It would have blasted back into his face. Right? I mean, Yeah. Nice. He wouldn't have peed in an empty space like that. Like, yeah. There's so much wrong with the pickle you know mentality. I, you but... haven't even seen the episode, but pickle doesn't even understand anything in that room. Vertical lines, translucent materials, <laughs> spheres. Anyway. He doesn't understand spheres? Circles, but yeah. Oh, still. I feel like. Yeah. Right. Well, so, Yujiro they... does show up, though. Hello, pickle, and welcome to the future. Because he's the only guy not freaked out by how cool Pickle is. <laughs> by pissing on the wall. But then, you know, so uh, Pickle pees on the wall. So Yujiro's comeback is he's presented with the key to open the door to Pickle's room. And he goes, no, I don't need that. And then instead of, like, kicking it or punching it or belly flopping it, yeah. he pushes his face up against the glass or plaster whatever the room is made of and pushes his face so hard through it he just rips through everything but i really so listeners good. at home please watch if anything just that scene because them animating it it's so hysterical i'm i'm gonna complain about animation a lot this season but i honestly think they did a fantastic job on this like it's it's perfect. He, His face, like, becomes wider, like, and he's, like, smiling the whole time, and he's just, like, pushing through this wall, and eventually he rips through the wall, and it only rips his shirt. Yeah. It rips his shirt clean off at a perfect cut from his pants. Thank God. So I thought I'd give it a try, sort of narrating what's going on here, because it's an incredible visual moment. So everybody is standing around. Uh, Pickle is in his magneto cell, as we called it. Yujiro's on the other side of it. So there is this uh, plexiglass barrier separating the two. Uh, <laughs> Kosho Shinogi has just raised a key to show that you can open the door, and uh, let's see what happens. I don't need it. 
good. So now he's pushing his face and you can see his nose is sort of descending back into his face. Um, Yujiro's already gross muscular face is just, oh my, his, his body has become a sphere. Uh, okay, and his nose is pierced through. Now all of the glass is just ripping off his entire shirt. His pants are fine. Honey, I'm home. Yeah. <laughs> and then also, just to point out, the glass actually reforms when he goes back through. There's no shattering. Like, he pushed with enough force to walk through the glass, and then it snaps back to reality. Anyway. Um, and then he's in the it. and then he's in the cage. Now he's in the cage with this big hole with pickle. Yeah, and you know he's like, "Hey, pickle, what's up?" Fist bump, um, and it turns into turns into a test of strength. Two fists right against each other, um, and incredibly, I think for the first time ever, Yujiro, um, he actually has to. It looks like maybe he would have lost this test of strength, and so he has to do a move. What the hell this move is? I don't know. It, it it goes from two fists being up against each other to pickle flipping through the air. Um, and, and remember this, because this actually will be important later in the season. But um, Yujiro uses a move, and he goes, damn, I had to use a move on that guy. Um, and yeah, Pickle pickle actually respected Yujiro, uh, which is pretty cool. And then as we alluded to uh, earlier... As uh, after Yujiro like flips him by giving him the hardest props, the daps up of the of, of twenty the year, of the year, right? Yeah. yeah, I guess Pickle just couldn't handle the the swag Yujiro was putting out there. But um, so uh, Pickle for the first time stands up, as they put it, just stands up. <laughs> and the way the announcer narrates, like the awe of everyone, it's like it's they were watching history. This was something no one had ever seen before. No one could fathom the the breadth of this. And then he stood up. And with that one simple action, he made certain that any remaining doubts the nine warriors may have had were erased completely. Also, just to know, Pickle got up earlier to go <laughs> take a piss. <laughs> Not bad he was standing when he pissed. Yeah. Anyway, this standing up, everybody's impressed. I love the faces. Some people are scared. Some people are like, Yujiro's like, oh yeah, like this is great. Um, then the military shows up and it's super lame. They're like, hey, you guys gotta leave. And Yujiro's like, if okay, but don't don't do shit or else we'll kick your ass. Yeah. And then they all get in a in a bus and go home. Um, but we do learn that there was one more guy there, our good friend Gaia, the environmental warfare specialist who threw sand at Sikorsky. He had he was hiding, camouflaged as the tree, as a part of the tree. He wasn't the entire yeah. tree. Um, yeah. Have you ever heard of um, what Gaia's up to nowadays? No. <laughs> there's a new, um, There's a, I don't know what the phrase for it. Um, I'm going to make up my own a, a spin-off manga of Baki which is Gaia and Sikorsky are now roommates um and they just live together stop it's actually so good I I've read a few chapters one of them is uh, Sikorsky is like mad that he doesn't have enough of the room so he starts living on the ceiling and he takes that whole real estate but then Gaia starts like barbecuing so all the smoke is going up to his part of the room it's it's <laughs> 
It's so good. There's actually a lot of spinoffs of Baki that are, like, just going on as we speak. I can't believe they're roommates. If I was Sikorsky, I'd be pretty pissed about the whole sand with glass and teeth thing. Because that was, like, not fair. The thing is... But Sikorsky's a terrible person. Yeah. No, Sikorsky's a death row inmate. Yeah. For a crime we'll never know. You know what's funny? You know... (laughs) We, I love the death row inmates, and I don't. And pickle is tougher to say that about. And theoretically, the these death row inmates are supposed to be the worst of the worst humanity. But you know what they did? They did their crimes off screen. We didn't need to. And they're very vague. We don't need to know about them. And that's what you could. You, you don't. That's more fun, right? And yeah. and they like treated people. With, and, and it wasn't justified in a weird way or anything, but Pickle somehow, like, what what the creator of Baki is saying is that it's core. Humanity is just going to piss on the wall. <laughs> they don't care. They're just going to piss on the wall of life, and that's it. It's almost worse. It's almost what they're saying is that humanity used to be like that, <laughs> and that's when we were much stronger. Yeah, that's when we were better. That's when we could hunt T-Rexes with our bare hands. <laughs> Oh my god. And fight them. Yeah. I mean, and then the, the episode kind of ends. And then that's it. Like, it ends with uh, Gaia being revealed. Yeah. And uh, he scutters away in the air vents going, Jiro definitely knew I was here. And then, like, which runs is, away. Which is so great. Um, what, what did you think of the, um, the ending credits? We haven't talked about that yet. Oh, the ending credits? I mean, well, okay. I'll, even in the intro, the ending credits seem to emphasize, like, Pickle a lot. It's all about Pickle, and then at the very end of not only the credits, but the um, the intro, it's like Baki versus Pickle. We know that's happening. That's going to yeah. be a thing. Yeah. We're going to watch that happen. But, um, and the outro credits, they're trying to, like, empathize with him more. You see him, like watching a volcano become like tokyo tower yeah and then like the surrounding area become it's, like the it, rest of japan yeah. his, his his era becoming where he is now yeah and he's like looking out over this cliff and he's like you don't see his face or anything but the wind is blowing you could tell he's very reflective and as he's sitting there uh fade ends of the characters we had seen in the prison cell start to happen and um, then that's kind of it. Yeah. It's tough because for a guy who has an anime podcast, I don't watch a lot of anime. Um, I, I'll watch two or three shows a year, and yeah, including Baki, of course. <laughs> but the problem is Baki is by far the least popular show I watch. So, like, I'll, I'll watch something. Like, uh, my favorite show in the last little bit has been Spy Family. And I don't know if you know of that show. Yes, love Spy Family. Oh, love Anya, yeah. Oh, it's so good. A lot of great stuff there. But that show has clearly got, like, such a bigger budget. And, like, the ed- the opening and ending themes for that are, like, I think they cost more than Baki <laughs> to produce. <laughs> like, the entire show. And, to like, it's a running theme. Like, if you look back on any ending theme, like, I'm going to describe them all right now. This one is... Pickle sitting down and static, like, it's three backgrounds and four dudes. Um, last season were chains in, like, a Windows Movie Maker, like, effect. <laughs> you go back another season and it's screen, it's, like, 
stills of people from in the season sliding across the screen and then you go back even further like none of oh there was the one where muhammad ali jr and baki are running in a running loop like all of them are cost saving measures they've never spent any money on animating an actually interesting end credit scene it's always how can we fill 30 seconds with 10 seconds of animation and it 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 pisses me off at <laughs> this a, point. It's a good point. I mean, we even noted uh, in the episode, Rhett, while Retsu's sneaking around, he's he does like a gra- grappling hook <laughs> move, grapple. and it literally looks like they just took a JPEG of Retsu and dragged it across the screen. He's unmoving, his hair's not moving, nothing is happening. Yeah, Retsu.jpg. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's... Uh, I just had to get that out there, because it, it just... It, like, it just sucks that Baki's not that popular. Like, because if it, if it had a big budget, I feel like... Like, I just saw a fan... Oh, my God, this was crazy. I was on the Baki Discord, and I saw a fan animation for... It was clearly, like, a fake um, a fake anime intro for... Uh, it was it was for the uh, the previous stuff like the Death Row Inmates arc, and it was pretty well animated. Lots of movement. It was clearly like a parody of an ant- like a lot of people running towards the camera. Type of <laughs> shit. And I was like, this is so good, and I, and I was enjoying it. And then I saw it was from fifteen years ago, and I'm like, oh my god! Like there, there's such there's, this is such a big show with so much like so such dedicated fans and such a like community that's lasted so long. Like, there is this depth that you could really create an interesting intro and outro. I feel like they yeah. just settle for the, the the simplest thing that they can do. Well, if I can, yeah, uh, one maybe one last thought. Uh, mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. on yours. So I think that you kind of touched on it perfectly. Where like, Baki is a serious show that is so funny mm-hmm. because it mm-hmm. takes itself so seriously mm-hmm. that. It's gold. It's like a very... I actually... I love this show. It's so fun every episode to watch just for that exact reason. But I will say, the beginning of this episode put me in a spot where I went, maybe I shouldn't be giving this man so much money. Because if he did have the budget, what would he have animated there? And I go, well, maybe it's just this niche thing we laugh at and he barely animates it and it's funny because if he has the spy family budget no one is going to look pickle in the eyes ever again that is going to be horrifying that's a good point maybe baki needs to be a niche thing <laughs> that's where it looks what, what does it say about society if everybody's watching baki exactly exactly yeah. right all right well, that's a good point all right matt you've watched a lot of baki what do you think this season's going to be like? Do you, do you have high hopes? I actually have such high hopes because clearly they're not pulling punches. No. They are absolutely going for it. And I appreciate the more ridiculous premises of Baki. Like, the Death Row Inmates was really good. I oh, think yeah. it was, like, the best season. And this fighting a caveman that is 6-6 yet is towering over everybody else... <laughs> I think this premise is really, its it's got so much potential. I'm very excited to see what happens. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, yeah, I, I've watched the whole season now. Uh, when I did episode one, I'd only watched the first four. Now I've watched the remaining nine or whatever. <laughs> nine. Yes, nine. Um, because there's 13 this season. Oh, it's going to be... 
have to do freaking 24 more episodes. No way I'm getting that done before the baby's born. <laughs> no way. Yeah, sorry. You're going to have to uh, figure something out. We'll see. December. What is Viewers at home can do the math. I've, I've got until Christmas to get this podcast out. Um, Just uh, quit your job and devote it to Pickle. Devote your life to Pickle, as the fighters have announced many times. Hey, boss. Sorry, I'm not coming into work today. I've gone to Tokyo to seek defeat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, uh that is oh you know what we're gonna do we're gonna do one more thing um i forgot with the podcast getting back up we can do podcast questions (gasps) yes please the question from last week and i think it was a good one and remember uh, to any new fans uh i do take any question asked on spotify um you know I'm i'm gonna put it out there that if i got a lot of questions i would instantly revoke this promise but i only get one a week so <laughs> it's pretty easy to do um do i think that pick uh, biscuit oliver could beat pickle in an arm wrestle i'm gonna let you answer first oh okay. well thank you first of all um second of all okay biscuit oliver is like my favorite character mm. i think he is the best and like nicest out of everyone in the Baki crew. Him and, him and Red Zero. Yeah. Cool, yeah. Um, that being said, though, uh, watching Baki just out-punch him last round, I'm sorry, really, really soured it, as Baki is not a big guy, and Pickle is supposed to be four times the height of Baki. Um, so I would say probably Pickle would win, but I would want I would cheer for Biscuit Oliva. I would want Oliva to win, but I think Pickle would. I agree, and I agree. I think that somebody, somebody pointed this out that, and because remember the biscuit Oliver and pickle stuff takes like I think over maybe several years of the manga. Wow! And it's back to back storylines about martial arts don't matter. You just got to be really strong. Um, so the because they overlap so much to keep the narrative flowing, pickle does have to be stronger than uh, biscuit Oliver. I don't like that. Yeah. But honestly, there's no world where Oliver can be stronger than Pickle. Like, it's not like you can argue that Pickle, Oliver has better martial arts. All he knows how to do is go into a ball and throw motorcycles. <laughs> that is martial arts, though. Going into the ball was impressive. Going into the ball is a cool move, but it's literally all he has. Yeah. So yeah. you have... For this... For the fight to be... any Like, I guess Pickle is faster than Oliver. Oliver was... was uh, famously slow in his fight versus Baki because he gets knocked out very quickly at times. At times, because he just wakes up afterwards. Yeah. Um, but I, and as much as I hate it, I, I do think Oliver. I, I like Oliver more. I think at this point in time, uh, Pickle would win. I'm hoping in the current manga. Hoping I'm actually hoping that they're currently setting up a rematch, and I'm hoping that Oliver will win that. Um, but we'll 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 see. Fingers crossed. All right. Um, well, that's all the Baki we've got to talky, Matt. Thank you so much for coming back on the pod. I was saying that you hold the record, I think, for quickest repeat. Um, but you also, I think, hold the record for longest uh, longest delay. Because I, I remember trying to get you on early. I, I think I asked you once, are you free in the next three months? And you said no. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's summertime for me. Summer <laughs> happens, and it's like, well... If you didn't book two weeks in advance, it's like an air. I'm like the world's worst Airbnb. Yeah, I well, I really appreciate you having me. Yeah. Uh, because you know when we can fit it in, I love doing it. I love being on this podcast. It's so fun. Yeah. All right. Well. See ya. <laughs> Bye.